Everybody has a nation. <laughs> if the Red Sox can have a nation, then damn it, we can have a nation. Yep. Red Sox nation, the only rule is like casual racism covered up by living in the Northeast and bad beer. Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, a stats-focused podcast about UGA football. I'm Nathan. And I am Justin. And we're back. Don't call it a comeback. It is a comeback, technically, because <laughs> we're coming back, but don't call it that because, I mean, it's freighted, it's freighted with connotation that you don't want to imply. Um, okay, so let's talk about the off-season. We got a couple of things. This is going to be, we always say this is going to be a shorter episode, but today it actually is going to be a shorter episode. Um, and if it's not, so, you know, F and sue us or whatever. But we really don't have that much to talk about. So we're going to go over some uh, basketball. We're going to talk a little bit about the recruiting class. We're going to talk about the and the real occasion of us sitting down to even do this was that the early preview 2019 S&P Plus numbers are out. Oh, yes. Uh, and we want to talk about those. So The entirely too early stats. Mm-hmm. Well, really not too early because they're stats. It is what it is. So, um, But right off the bat, before we get into UGA news... Uh, Apparently, Justin has decided that we're now cheering for another team. Hell um, yeah, we are. As a po- uh, that is not a University of Georgia athletic team. Man, let me tell you, I have been a fan of this team since the inception of this program. And dear Lord, am I just completely leaning into this offseason, uh, putting all of my eggs into a single basket. That basket is called the Atlanta Legends. Go Legends. I'm so into it, Nathan. <laughs> I'm into it too, bud. No, you're uh, not. You're not into I, it. <laughs> I mean, I, they're into it. I, I'm into it, but they're bad. Yeah, I'm. I say I'm into it, and I'm as into it as I possibly can be, which is not much at all. As in, like, I didn't watch the game. I, uh, I, I saw. I actually saw on Reddit somebody was posting stuff to the NFL subreddit that this thing happened, and so I looked it up, and I was like, oh, I'll check out the scores and the box scores and things, and uh, googled those things, and they just don't exist. They just don't exist. Mm-hmm. You know. AAF doesn't need that. They don't need stats. Yeah, they're they're playing like they've got Steve Spurrier as a professional football coach. They're playing like 1970s football, Hell 1980s football. Like Steve Spurrier kicked our ass too. He did kick our ass. That's not yeah. shocking because we're not, not very good. So um, get get this though. This is this is your so first red flag is a stats thing. Second red flag that the AAF is a a, a hot uh, you know garbage fire just waiting to be put out of its misery is that um, the head coach. Brad Childress, Childress um, quit right before the game. <laughs> and, the head coach of the Legends quit? Yep. The head coach of the Legends quit. And if that wasn't enough, so did Mike Vick, the offensive coordinator. What the hell? <laughs> Just like, I think that one of them was a lot closer to the actual game start. But what? I think one, the other just quit the week of. And that's just not what? something that happens in professional sports. And so, Well, there's a rumor he could be going back to the NFL. Yeah, and that's possible. And if that's the case, like this spring league football thing is totally doomed to fail. Yeah, he left on forever. He left second on tier. the Wednesday before the game on Friday. I think that is absurd. That is so incredibly absurd to me. But yeah, yeah, that's the coaching carousel, and that's what's going to happen to this this league if it continues to go the way it does. Which I see no other reason why it wouldn't. So, mm-hmm. uh, right, well, you know what? Actually, I have another. Um, I have a I have a different team that we should be uh, cheering for, which is the Atlanta with the Atlanta Rain, Atlanta's uh, Overwatch League team. 
Oh, oh yeah. I forgot that that was a thing happening. Yeah, man. Atlanta Rain has really good. The uh, they have a very good. Um, I have a decent roster, and they have a very good logo, and they're they kind of have Georgia colors type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they have not yet played, so not officially. They've been yeah. playing a lot of scrimmages and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we are now an Overwatch podcast. Yeah, we're we an Overwatch podcast now, boys. They beat but the they beat the new Boston team in um their first match, which was like a few days ago. So they're one and zero on the season. Um, so we're an Overwatch podcast. We were going to be Overwatch a DCI podcast, podcast but now we're back. Uh, and we were briefly a um we were briefly a DCI podcast. Now we were briefly an AAF podcast, and now we're an Overwatch podcast. We can get back to our roots of this season and, and talk about you know trucker hats. Uh. Yeah. Whatever else we talked about about trucker hats. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. All right. So um, Chapel Bell Curve classics. Let's talk about yeah. football. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, actually, let's not. Let's talk about basketball because uh, yeah. we have basketball school now, boys. Now, BB. Uh, we did it, BB. Anthony Edwards, the number one overall player or number two, depending on who you ask, in the nation in basketball, committed to UGA last week. Um, he is a he's a guard. You can tell that we're like sort of stepping out on thin ice here, um, yeah. <laughs> by by talking about stuff we have no effing idea what's going yeah. on. Uh, look, here's what I know about him. Um, he'll probably play point guard because we don't have a good point guard, but he's like the number one overall shooting guard. He's arguably the number one overall player, depending on who you ask. He is a baller. Uh, ah, that's there. I have that. I've say. got that one. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean he's a, he's a very very good player. He is out of um, Atlanta at a prep school, Holy Spirit Prep School, it's a Catholic school in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean he was he was being commuted. We, I mean we beat Kentucky for him. He um, he was shooting like forty five percent from the three this season in his final well before the season in his final summer when he was playing like you know good AAU teams or whatever. Um, and he's six five. He's a combo guard. He'll probably play point guard in uh, college. He's definitely going to be a one-year player and probably going to be, like, if he does what he everyone thinks he can do, he can be the number one player. Like, he can be the first player taken in the draft. He can be the number one overall pick. So that would be pretty neat. Hopefully it helps the basketball team who are just pretty bad right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tom Crean prayed to whatever basketball gods there are, and they gave yeah. him this sweet boy, Anthony Edwards. You know what I say to that? It's Bust that glass ceiling in Stegman Coliseum, Bulldog yeah. basketball fans. Yeah, absolutely. Dream the dream you want to dream until it becomes reality. Yeah. I've been hanging out in schools all day today, so I'm like I'm I'm like peak motivational poster right now. I I, I hang out in schools every day and I'm never a motivational poster. I think you're desensitized to it. I might just be like the kind of motivational poster where it's like this is your brain on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a picture of a really sad-looking woman with a frying pan beating it. They egg. all they all have a place in the classroom. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's exciting. I mean, you know, I, I love basketball and I'd like the basketball team to be good. Um, it's just hard to really get that too into, into it. I mean, I, we we have a couple of good players right now. Uh, we have way too many turnovers and we don't play very good defense. And so, yeah, that means that we're one in nine or one in ten in the SEC right now. I think we're just two games below five hundred or something like that playing texas a&m tonight we might already be losing to him who knows as we record this yeah um (laughs) let's look it up let's just see yeah i'm pulling it up um although it is kind of cool that we had the number one uh the number one or two football player and the number one or two basketball player we don't play until seven tonight (laughs) it's about 627 so we might be losing while we record this um (laughs) 
been the number one or two football player and the number one or two basketball player uh recruited in the same year so that's pretty fun how yeah. did you see um tom crean's whole dust up with the media no tell me more so at a post-game conference he basically was just like frustrated with his players about not trying and there's been some sort of chatter about you know um the fact that there are players that were getting play getting time under the last coach under mark fox who are not um this time and so he was frustrated with that and he was talking about how you know at a lot of schools uh you know these people wouldn't even be here like you'd run them off uh which is actually true um but really came off wrong and came off like he didn't want the players to stay that did stay and he has since apologized for it but I mean, he's right. At a lot of places, when a new coach comes in, a bunch of people transfer, and we didn't really have anyone transfer because Tom Crean is very clearly not like that kind of coach. But so, I mean, he was right in one sense, but in another sense, it's like just don't say that, dog. Yeah, just just don't don't play that game. (laughs) You gotta be good to your folks. Uh. So that's I have nothing to contribute to basketball talk. To be completely honest, it's not that I dislike basketball; it's that I I have no knowledge whatsoever of basketball so my bad <laughs> uh if you don't have anything else to say about basketball though no that's it move. that's all i got that's all i got because don't let me stop you no no i want I you mean... to want you to say as much as you want no you're good that's all i got <laughs> okay i'm just messing with you okay let's talk about football let's talk about the recruit recruiting yeah uh, let's talk uh, yeah. about the recruiting class as is and what's going on so yeah number one or two class in the nation depending on who you ask i would tell you number two because that was what it was on 24 7 and that's why that's why i trust um really good class really didn't leave a lot on the table um probably would have liked to have had another defensive lineman um but pretty much got everyone we want um so the final numbers if we're just going through him through them second in the sec second in the nation to alabama uh, we had we have 14 current enrollees, um, 20, 10 so 24 man class, um, highlighted by five stars according to 24/7. Um, Trayvon Walker, Clay Webb, Nicobe Dean, and Nolan Smith, and then as of signing day and our a very big signing day surprise, uh, George Pickens, a five star wide receiver who chose um, UGA over Auburn, where he had been Auburn's longest re- committed recruit. George Pickens was sort of like supposed to be there. Nolan Smith, the guy that kind of held the class together. Um, he is the fourth overall ranked wide receiver and he was the number one ranked wide receiver in Alabama and he went to Hoover high school. So kind of a nice, uh, one, two punch in the state of Alabama, getting the first and second ranked, um, players there in clay Webb and George Pickens. Um, and George Pickens is six, four hundred ninety pounds, big dude, like not a burner, but just like an absolute like monster of a like crazy catch radius, really physical run people over blocks the hell out of the ball. So very much like a very good replacement for Jaden Hazelwood, the number one overall wide receiver who we lost to Oklahoma. So um, a very exciting, I'd say that was pretty much the highlight of the highlight of the players who committed since we've last talked about the recruiting class would be George Pickens. And that's very exciting. I'm very into it. I'm really, it it seems like we're, we're reloading really, really well and we're getting more offensive pieces than we even had to the start last year, which is an odd thing to say because we had so many offensive pieces already. It just seems like we're 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 making it happen. We've got a, a whole bunch of depth on the offensive uh, side yeah. of the ball. Yeah, I mean, and you know, if anything, Pickens probably won't start. I mean, he he's just depth. But we also added more. I mean, I, I think this offense is going to be pretty nasty next year. Um, oh yeah, with the addition of players like Pickens. But then also we 
added a transfer at wide receiver, uh, Lawrence Cager, uh, who is another tall. He's 6'4", wide receiver. He was Miami's second-leading receiver last year. You hope that he can be sort of a Javon Wims type. Um, he's a big dude. He's not quite the, like, Javon Wims was, like, jacked. Um, he's not quite there, but he's he's a big guy. And he was their second-leading receiver last year. Uh, had like 900 yards or something. Very good player. So that's exciting. And again, it's crazy because he, like, if anything, he's just he's just going to be depth, you know. Yeah. But I mean, he is there. He was Miami's like jump ball guy last year. So he's the dude who will just like jump up super high and catch pretty much anything, you know, in his area. Essentially. Yeah, in his area. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's the kind of guy we've been missing. You know, our best our best wide receivers last year was were Terry Godwin and Michael Hardman who were great players, but neither of them, if we were actually like honest to God measuring them, probably would have been much, much other six feet. So that's pretty awesome. He, he looks really good. He's a really athletic guy. He's not the physical body that like a Javon Wimps type is, but he, he definitely is the sort of like uh, back shoulder fade, no look outside shoulder um, in the end zone kind of guy that Javon Wimps was for us two years ago. And, uh, you know, Justin Fields loves that kind of guy. So hopefully. I'm sorry, who? <laughs> oh, sorry. Oops. Oh Jake, yeah, I know, right? Jake Fromm loves that kind of guy. That's a strange slip of the tongue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm so so I'm so apathetic about it, man. I just am like, whatever. It's just gonna happen, and you just stuff like that happens. Yeah, if you get too upset about it, it's like I don't know what the hell. What do you What do you want me to say? I, like whenever people keep asking me about it, and my reaction is just kind of like, okay, yeah, he's gone. It sucks. Yeah. It's just it's just the nature of where we are in the college football landscape, and it's hard to be angry at a kid who just wants to play. I mean, that's why he, you, you know, ultimately he has to play the song and dance about why he left. And I understand he wants to get his eligibility early and like whatever, I, that's fine. But it, ultimately, at the end of the day, he wants to play, and I can't really blame him. I mean, you, people have been calling him dirty, and I mean, there's a lot of racist language and like whatever. Still, ultimately, at the end of the day, I can't fault him for playing "quote unquote" dirty with the NCAA when the whole system is set up to play dirty with him. He has basically no autonomy in this whole process. He can't make money off of his likeness. He can't, you know, really. And don't even come at me with this education or this this argument about free education because it's pretty clear that that's not what any of this is about for anybody. So like, yeah, that doesn't really wash for me. And so ultimately, like. I can't blame him for doing anything that seems sort of untoward or underhand or incorrect if that's the hand that he was dealt. And it is. So, you know, there, yeah, it is what it is. So moving on with the players that UGA actually does have. So yeah, like a lot of depth coming in in the wide receiver core. Um, We also had another, uh, another guy transfer, Eli Wolf. Do you want to talk about him for a second? I'm interested in this Eli Wolf situation because he, he doesn't really have any sort of record at all. He committed to Eastern Michigan back in 2014 and then transferred over to Tennessee eventually and played you know why there. He transferred because he committed to Butch Jones. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and you can't see me because this is an audio medium, but I'm using quotes. He, uh, he played at Tennessee, meaning he really didn't do much of anything, unfortunately. But he was a two-star tight end, so not much there. Uh, caught maybe three passes targeted three times over the you know on average the past few years but the the best part about it is that he is a grad transfer coming to georgia and he is the same height same weight uh just same all around as isaac nauda uh without the experience but the the you know you might say well i don't see why this is a good thing and the good thing is that i trust kirby smart and kirby smart spent a scholarship on him and that alone should say, I think this is something we can, 
you know, that'll be good for us. And well, at the very least, he provides good depth, I think. Exactly. He provides good depth, and he's somebody who I think will... He's only here for a year, and so it could be really awesome. It could be a Cameron Nislik situation where he steps in and he's, you know, he, he just slots perfectly into this program and this scheme that's kind of built for somebody with his skill set and his frame, or he could be somebody that doesn't do anything. And that's fine, too, because we have four tight ends at this point. So we it's better for depth. It's a good situation we're in, and I hope it uh, it goes well. That's where I'm at on Eli Wolf. We'll see what happens. Jake yeah, Fromm, I mean, may love him. At the very least, he's he's good. He's good depth, and it's a position we didn't have much depth at. That we, clearly we tried to address. We got we also got a commitment from Brent Seether, uh, a very interesting uh, player. He's sort of a um what's the word? He's more of a flex tight end. Uh, I guess you'd say he's taller, thinner, less of a blocker. But you know, he was only a three star. But we did beat him out. We did beat out Alabama to get his commitment. So to me, like it's hard to it's hard to really know what that means he was a little bit of a late bloomer he didn't really start coming on he didn't go to a lot of camps and then you know he went from getting offers from like eastern kentucky to alabama and auburn in this in the period of like six months so um i really think that ultimately he'll be great but or not great but i i think he'll be a good addition so you shouldn't like you know uh judge him by his star ranking but it, it ultimately, before these two committed and came into the program, we had like three tight ends in the tight end room, which is just not enough. So, I mean, it wasn't enough to play like an actual scrimmage without having people switch um, <laughs> switch shirts, you know? So, uh, let's see. Anything else you want to talk about when it comes to uh, recruiting? I mean, I, I would say for next year, we just really need to make sure that we are recruiting well at defensive line. We had a pretty good defensive line haul this year. We had five defensive linemen. Um, going from lowest ranked to highest ranked, we had Tymon, uh, Tymon Mitchell, arguably Zion Logue, but he's more of a defensive end. We had Bill Norton, again, more of a defensive end. Trayvon Walker uh, and one other. Who, who was the fifth one? I guess Jermaine Johnson, if you want to say that as well. So, And then, of course, Nolan Smith, but he's definitely an outside linebacker. But um, we really need to get there's some really good five-star defensive ta- like true defensive tackle like middle of the gap zero and one gap uh defensive tackles coming in 2020s class and so i would say where i'm looking for is just to see if we can get those people because i think that's where the need is right now is that defensive yeah. tackle defensive tackle um outside linebacker and a quarterback is what i'm looking for in this next one hey i got a uh, a quick update from one of our favorite websites yeah uh it's a hot rod watch Oh yeah, hit me. <laughs> so I was just kind of curious while we were sitting here. I hopped on the RodrigoBlanketship.com. Not a whole lot of updates, but the, it is updated through yesterday. Uh, we now know the Georgia kicker, Rodrigo Blankenship, 2018 season highlight film is now available on YouTube. There is not a link for it, so you got to go searching, but uh, you should know that it definitely exists. Uh, other things, Rodrigo was honored as the dog special teams MVP for 2018. Click on the biography tab to learn more. And the not-so-sweet end of the season, it talks about the Sugar Bowl, yada, yada, yada. But really, the, the real meat and potatoes of this is there is a highlight film we can all go watch of our sweet, sweet boy kicking that silly ball. And I'm going to go find it. <laughs> hot Rod Watch. Just coming in off-season Hot Rod Watch. I really want our off-season Hot Rod Watch to be more like Hot Rod Watch. I saw Hot Rod at Kroger. I saw. I did see him at Publix one time, and he kind of ignored me. Here, and I, I, I did the thing where I was trying not to be like too aggressive about it, but I really wanted him to just like come and talk to me and be my friend. But I uh-huh. think that came off as even too aggressive. 
Here's a hot rod watch for you. Seven days ago. Uh-huh. One week today. I don't know what he did. I was looking on his Instagram. I don't know what he's up to. He's sitting down with somebody, some SEC folks, to talk about the future of the program. I don't know. Give me something juicier, Hot Rod. Oh, and then the one before that was back on January 5th when he said he wasn't going anywhere. He's coming back for a senior season, which we all knew. Uh, if you're not following Hot Rod on Instagram, then what are you even doing? Maybe we, we should not stalk the boy, though. <laughs> Let's not stalk the sweet boy. I'll try not to do that. Other pieces. Let's talk about that 2019 S&P Plus ranking that just came out from Bill Connolly earlier this week. We came out as second overall uh, over Clemson, uh, right behind Alabama. So, and this is one of those things too. I, I saw a lot of people getting upset about like uh, Clemson fans were saying, "Well, how are we third? Yada yada yada," and and people at the same time saying, uh, "Why are we second as Georgia fans?" And to me, I'm like, "Hey." That is a privileged mindset, my friends. We yeah, are still second really overall is. in the nation. Champagne I'm very problems. Happy. I think Champagne the, problems. The interesting thing is uh, second in recruiting impact, second in returning production, seventh in weighted five year, which yeah. is just a, a performance over the last five years. So, uh, you know, out recruiting and out returning talent and over what we've been in the last few years, but that's reflective of the end of the Mark Richt era as well. And there's a couple of bad years in there. Um, but what I really think is crazy is so let's start, let's just take the top 10, and I'm just going to give you the raw. Um, the raw S and P nut plus number. So just as a, just well, as a reminder, before oh, we hop into that, do we want to talk about the three components of this and how he determines all this? Yeah. So um, this doesn't have all the broke the totally broken down, and these are the preview ones. So it doesn't have a lot of stuff that the actual. It doesn't have a lot of stuff that as you go through the year, S and P plus will introduce. So this is just yeah. recruiting, um, re- returning production, and then weighted five year. And so weighted five year is your performance against good teams weighted returning production is uh, returning people of uh, the percentage of your snaps coming back weighted towards the positions that matter. So like defensive back really matters quite a bit. Recruiting impact is just how good your recruiting has been. Um, and then actually this year he, adri- he adjusted for conference sort of. So basically it's like your neighborhood. So um, if you, if the sec is performing three points better than S&P plus thinks it should, then you get a little bit of a bump. So we did get a bump and some powers like USC have gone back down or not USC, uh, UCF non-traditional powers have uh, sunk a little in these. And of course, UCF fans, I think were the ones that were really mad. So I, I, I saw really the biggest aberrant thing in this um, that is interesting to me and why uh, I, I think it's kind of emblematic of where the season should go next year if we pay up to our ability. So let's take the top 10 and let's look at raw S&P plus numbers. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, a measure of what are like how many points on average are you better than the stock average team, generic team X, okay? So starting at number 10, Michigan, uh, Mississippi State, 21.4 points better than the average team. Michigan, 21.6. That's a 0.2 gap, right? Auburn, 22.6. There's a one-point jump. Ohio State, 24.3. There's a two-point jump. So you've got kind of like a little mini group there, right? Michigan State. Auburn, Mississippi State. So you got Ohio State 24.3, Florida at 24.6, Oklahoma at 25.0, and then LSU at 25.8 gets you up to four. So that's your next little group. So between 24.3 and 25.8. So going from four LSU to three Clemson is 25.8 to 29.9. It's a full four Dang. points different. And in fact, the difference between 25.8 LSU and 21.4 Michigan State is what uh 4.4 points so it's mm-hmm. actually just like it basically 
Clemson is almost as better than LSU projected to be than LSU is as uh, Mississippi State, which is yeah. to say the gap between three and four is almost as big as between the gap between four and ten. Yeah. And you get another one point jump up to Georgia at 30.7. And they're in their own little mini group because then another five points up at number one is 35.4 Alabama. Jeez. Yeah. Jesus. That's a God. huge margin. Yeah. So it's like Alabama's teams last two years have been really freshman and sophomore heavy. And now all those guys are coming back. Yep. And so good God almighty. Now that doesn't mean Alabama's guaranteed to win. It just means that there it, there's a gap here in these projected numbers using this is like sort of um, in the world of political analysis, this is like a fundamentals model where instead of looking at the individual players or the individual events in the race or in a team in this instance, you look at the things that have shown, been shown to be predictive of success in the past, like the economy and which president is in power and name recognition and just things like that. And you can weight those. And so this is kind of that sort of model. And so in some ways that that sort of model does heavily favor a team like Alabama who has had the best weighted five year performance, but still, I mean, there's, there's quite the gap. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really interesting, you know, looking at those teams sort of in tiers, because if you take, if you go lower than 10, you can go from somewhere like Auburn at eight, all the way, who's at 22.6, all the way down to like Notre Dame at 12 at 19.1. And there's really not that much of a difference between those teams. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, so then some places saying like this team's number 11 and these teams number 12, it means they're close. But if you look at the actual raw numbers, you can see like Missouri is 16 at 17.5 and then Utah is seven, uh, 17 at 15.4. Right. And so like, that's quite the jump in one place. So it's, it's sort of interesting to see where the groups are, the grouping are. Yeah. I am curious to see a, a few of these teams. I feel like it's not heavily weighted for, uh, grad transfers and just transfers in general um, yeah well and and so it it, it isn't so I, for yeah. instance like um while i think that grad transfers if they happen before this cutoff actually do count as recruiting um mm-hmm. they don't always you know they don't always give you the impact of a single player and and of course like uh, the same thing is that can go through injuries right you know it's it's hard to quantify the impact of an injury or any single player move so the um a a system like this is always going to be worse at predicting sort of individual human movements like that. Yeah. And so we can take this with a grain of salt, but it does give us a good framework to keep in mind of what we, we might be able to expect next year. And so, the, the only reason I bring up those, those single players is because I was looking through and I saw like the Missouri who just got Kelly Bryant and, you know, Missouri could be great because they have a really explosive offense and they're getting an explosive quarterback. So we'll see what happens with them. And, but the others that got really great, quarterback transfers are already in the top 10 so <laughs> it is what it is uh, this S&P plus ranking also does make our schedule look pretty scary next year it sure does we have to play number six florida number seven auburn uh number eight no sorry number sorry number six florida number eight auburn number 13 texas a&m number 16 missouri number 18 uh south carolina number 21 tennessee and then number 11 north uh uh, Notre Dame, indeed, is Notre Dame, not North Dakota. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, our schedule starts out kind of soft. We're opening at with at Vandy. That's so that's weird. But um, starts out pretty soft, but then it jumps the f off. So with the week three at Notre Dame, um, so yeah, really, really crazy. 
it's going to be a silly year next year. We're going to yeah. be yawning and twiddling our thumbs and, and really wanting things to happen by week four. But then it's just like a, a gauntlet from yeah, week really four is. on. Ugh. It's going to be a time, though. And I'm excited. Like the, the first big game of the season will be that Notre Dame game. And that's yeah. going to be incredible. Do you have a game that you're super excited about next year already? I mean, Notre um, Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, 100%. I mean, mm-hmm. that little run where we go um, Notre Dame at Tennessee, um, then South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, that's going to be really interesting. I think we'll yeah. know really, like, by the time we get go into the Florida game, we'll have a, I mean, obviously this is a silly thing to say because it will be six, it'll be six weeks into the season. But um, we'll have a really good idea of what kind of season it's going to be going into the Florida game. For right? Sure. You go into the Florida game undefeated, Good God Almighty! Like hype, 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 hype. Could Florida upset Georgia? I mean, just the the stupid sort of uh, Saturday Down South style clickbait articles. Dog Nation Daily clickbait is going to be all <laughs> going to be all over the place if we go into that game undefeated. Um, but then again, you lose to Notre Dame, and like you're having a much different conversation. So it's just yeah. going to be interesting to see. Um, it, it'll it'll be really set. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. like if we lose that Notre Dame game. You can still go to the national championship, but it becomes really hard. You know yeah. what I mean? And so this was a season, this last season, we were kind of on pins and needles. Although, I mean, obviously we could have gone to the national championship all the way through, but it feels like if you lose that Notre Dame game, like, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. And we don't want to be in the same situation we found ourselves in this year. We're on the outside looking in just because we, we lost a game we should have won, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we don't want to be in that situation again where people have some sort of ammo to put in against you know, Georgia, they, they, we don't want to have them to have that argument. Uh, what else you got for us? I mean, that was really the only, the big thing I took away. I think it's interesting that we are number two kind of with a bullet. And the interesting, the the thing about the difference between us and then number three Clemson is basically just recruiting impact. They, they are three in returning production, three in weighted five year, and we're seven in weighted five year, but we are two in recruiting impact and they are 10. So it's just interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how that bears out because obviously they've been recruiting really well. I think this is more a reflection of the fact that like we've been recruiting very consistently well, a little bit more than they have. So they've gotten some very high name players, but they probably haven't gotten them quite at the level that we have. Yeah. And I think uh, another piece that really goes into that S&P plus is our, uh, we're ranked seventh on five year, uh, five, five year weighted average. And Within the last five years, we're the only team in that top three that has had a, an entire staff change, you know? And so I think that has a, a lot to do with it. And so in the next couple of years, we'll see that number change and reflect more so what, uh, you know, Kirby Smart really brought to the program. And that'll reflect in, in the actual advanced statistics as well. That's all I got. Do you, uh, you want to come with me to the Atlanta Legends game this weekend? Where is it? I have no, no idea. No, actually. I don't. No, I don't. But... <laughs> Yeah. I don't even know if they're playing. Who knows? Let's instead go to the Atlanta Rain game whenever that starts. Yeah, yeah. The, the first Atlanta Rain home game. No, I, I mean, we're, we're talking about this. Yeah. So the first Atlanta Rain home game this year is going to be July uh, 6th and 7th of 2019. Let's do it. Esports, esports is a little different, obviously, than real sports. So you don't actually have that many home games because – a lot of time it's touring around and like multiple teams play at the same. It's almost like event type yeah. deal. Yeah. But like that's that. super, super exciting. Uh, and most, but, like most of them are not played home in the way. Most of them are played remotely, obviously, because it's a video yeah. game. Yeah. There, there's that whole piece. <laughs> um, but hey, folks, uh, 
that's our show i say i think essentially that's that's the off-season show it's a lot less energy just a little bit of a anything goes but we talk about football a little bit and um we're in the midst of putting together some narrative shows as well yeah we are and we're just gonna hit you with this tight 30 minute episode just to get you it's like a little bit of drink a little drink of water in the desert yeah (laughs) almost almost more torturous than if you just uh died of dehydration yeah i mean we could do that that's fine we'll we'll just keep you alive this one little bit more just a touch just a touch but uh touch more Hey, if you've got stories to tell, then make sure you submit those to... There will be a link in the show notes that's a, a quick little Google poll just about you and what kind of story you have to tell. Uh, I think we're doing our first interview for uh, our first story this weekend with uh, one of the listeners. And so you can have that to look forward to. And um, yeah, any any story goes. All right. Well, this has been Chapel Bell Curve. If you like what you heard here today, which why would you? But if you do, please leave <laughs> us a rating or review on Spotify or iTunes. We can't tell you how much that helps. Uh, just, you know, increase the listenership and grow the Chapel Bell Curve Nation. And that's always good. Uh, we don't have a nation, but, you know, more people, more Chapel community. Bell Curve Nation. That's positive. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can find us at email at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com, on Twitter and Instagram at chapelbellcurve, or you can just search Chapel Bell Curve on Facebook. We also have a Patreon, which I think we have suspended right now, but if you want to, you know, and we're going to reset that and we're going to be tweaking that going forward, so just get ready. Uh, but if you are interested in signing up for Patreon at one tier, we'll, you'll at least know when it goes back up. Uh, this has been Chapel Bell Curve. You can catch us in the Classic City basically until April, I guess, for the G-Day game, but until then... Go dogs. Go dogs.